0: Hamlet podcast episode 23. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me your host Conor Hanretti. I love and return quite frequently to the story of the Dublin audience member who commented after she saw this play that it was full of quotes. It's likely that more lines and phrases from Hamlet have become part of common discourse in English than maybe any other Shakespeare play. They crop up just about everywhere, from everyday turns of phrase to the titles of Star Trek films. This week's text is one of the more quote-heavy speeches in the play, so keep your ears open as we go through it. Last week's episode ended with Laertes just about ready to depart for Paris, having had a few words with his sister and a bonus goodbye from his father. That should seemingly be that, but of course Polonius does have rather more to say. I sometimes wonder what he might have said to his son the first time he left for Paris. Bear in mind that Laertes has been back in Denmark for either the old king's funeral or the new king's wedding, bearing in mind how close together they were. This litany of advice may be something that Polonius says to his children rather frequently, or perhaps a new remix of an oft-repeated set of precepts. See how many of them you recognise. And these few precepts in thy memory see thou character. Give thy thoughts no tongue, nor any unproportioned thought his act. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Those friends thou hast, and their adoption tried, grapple them to thy soul with hoops of steel, but do not dull thy palm with entertainment of each new-hatched, unfledged comrade. Beware of entrance to a quarrel, but being in, bear it that the opposed may beware of thee. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy, rich, not gaudy. For the apparel oft proclaims the man, and they in France of the best rank and station are of a most select and generous chief in that. Neither a borrower nor a lender be for loan oft loses both itself and friend and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry this above all to thine own self be true and it must follow as the night the day thou canst not then be false to any man farewell my blessing season this in thee last time i mentioned that there's an echo in polonius of lord burleigh the political heavyweight and close adviser of elizabeth the there are also arguments for him being based on a Polish born Danish diplomat called Henrik Rammel. This theory is the contribution of Keith Brown, who goes as far as suggesting a narrative whereby Will Kemp, the actor who possibly played Polonius, could even have met Rammel while touring in Denmark. This would certainly make sense of the name Polonius, which is a change from the older versions of this story. In versions that predate Shakespeare's play, the character is called Corambus, and so the shift to Polonius would be explained quite elegantly by the link to this diplomat. In a charming and informative essay on playing the role, Tony Church lays out very neatly the various parallels that suggest Lord Burleigh as a potential source for Polonius. He was an official under the very Protestant regime of Edward VI, Although disbarred under Catholic Mary, he was respected and even consulted occasionally. He rapidly became principal advisor to Queen Elizabeth. She referred to him as the Fox, which might have an echo a good deal later in the play, and other courtiers called him Pondus or Ponderosus. He sent a servant called Windbank to spy on his son in Paris, and he offered a series of precepts to his son, which seemed to parallel the advice to Laertes in spirit even more than in letter. As I mentioned last week, this document, written to Robert Cecil in about 1584, is called Certain Precepts for the Well-Ordering of a Man's Life. I won't quote it here, but you can find the key passages for Polonius, and indeed its full text, in the show notes for this episode on the website, thehamletpodcast.com. Regardless of his provenance, which is a mystery perhaps lost in the folds of time, Polonius is an interesting character in and of himself. There are numerous ways to play him, a bumbling, overly wordy politician who is outwitted in wordplay by Hamlet, but also a valued politician and shrewd operator who ranks very highly in Claudius' administration. Indeed, if he is just a silly old man, it makes no sense for him to have such influence with the king, or indeed for him, later in the play, to gain access to the queen's private chambers. Personally, I find it much more interesting to imagine Polonius as using the verbose old man act as a front for his very careful, almost Machiavellian political designs. As well as the politics, which we will see coming to the fore in future scenes, he's also a very loving father. It's worth bearing in mind that when he dies, his daughter will go mad and his son will lead a very passionate rebellion. As such, This scene, between all three family members, who never share the stage again, by the way, should show us the love and care that we can mourn later in the play. Unwittingly, the speech to Laertes is the last thing that Polonius ever says to his son. Even if there is a gentle air of mockery from his children as he goes through this list, there's a tenderness among them all too. The text isn't especially complicated, and as the Arden third edition notes, Everything that Polonius says is something of a commonplace. What's interesting is the great number of ways in which it could be played. Gentle or stern, comic or serious, bumbling or Machiavellian, light or very dark. Polonius begins by telling Laertes to write these precepts, if Shakespeare is echoing Burley, then this word is definitely not an accident, in his memory. And these few precepts in thy memory see thou character. Give thy thoughts no tongue, nor any unproportioned thought his act. Don't necessarily say what's on your mind, and don't act on anything without giving it due consideration. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Those friends thou hast, and their adoption tried, grapple them to thy soul with hoops of steel. But do not dull thy palm with entertainment of each new-hatched, unfledged courage. Polonius moves on to Laertes' company and companions. He suggests that Laertes be friendly, familiar, but by no means vulgar or promiscuous. He uses a metaphor from ships and barrel building to suggest that whatever friends Laertes has made that have been tested or tried, he should grapple them to his soul in the way that an attacking ship would attach itself to its prey before coming aboard and do this with hoops of steel the firm, long-lasting frames within which a cooper makes a barrel. But he shouldn't wear his hand out or dull his palm, shaking hands and making noise with each and every new acquaintance. Different versions of the text have different words here. I read comrade earlier, but I like courage, implying the dashing, exuberant gallants Laertes might meet in France. Others say comrade, or even com-rogue, which might imply that Polonius knows just what kind of shenanigans are going on in Paris. And with this in mind, he moves on to say, Beware of entrance to a quarrel, but being in, bear it, that the opposed may beware of thee. In other words, don't go picking a fight, but if you wind up in one, be sure to manage it so that your opponent knows to beware of you. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Here Polonius is suggesting that Laertes listen more than he speak. Mild irony, given how much Polonius does enjoy going on. And then encourages him to listen to everyone else's opinion, or censure here doesn't necessarily have to be negative, but to reserve his own. Costly thy habit as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy rich, not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man, and they in France, of the best rank and station, are of a most select and generous chief in that. The message here is to dress as well as he can afford, but not in a flashy way, rich, not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man. Already by the early twentieth century this had been reduced to a simpler phrasing, when Mark Twain, of all people, joked that clothes make the man, Naked people have little or no influence on society. Shakespeare moves on to a quick discussion of the French here, anticipating the fashion industry by a few centuries, when he points out that they in France are most select and expert in their way of dressing. The line itself is a little crunchy, perhaps due to a copying error, but it's a fun little piece of colour in the speech. Now Polonius reaches his most famous lines. Neither a borrower nor a lender be... For loan oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. The newest Arden edition suggests the version from the quarto, which says, Neither a borrower nor a lender, boy, but it seems a bit nerdy to me to be changing the sound of such a well known line. The advice is good, though. Don't lend money, since lending to a friend can lose you both the money and the friend, and don't borrow money, because doing so can blunt the precision of your household management or, more bluntly, can mess up your finances. To round the speech off, Polonius has one more suggestion. This, above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night, the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. Farewell, my blessing season this in thee. If you operate with honesty and integrity in all of the things you do, you can't ever go wrong or be false to any man. In a court built, as we will see, on murder and fratricide with incest thrown in for good measure, technically speaking, there's an irony to this being the chief minister's parting advice to his son. He bids him farewell and he hopes that all of this good advice will ripen in his son while he's away. We will of course have to discuss whether Polonius is aware of Claudius's actions at another date. For now, Laertes has had the pleasure of his father's precepts for the well-ordering of his life, and can now finally depart for Paris. To sign off this week, I want to thank you for listening as ever and make a little confession. I am the child of two very literate and literary parents, and I grew up with quotations from Hamlet and several other plays bouncing around whenever possible, humorous or appropriate. The night before I moved to Los Angeles for grad school, indeed, my father gently quoted this speech from Polonius to me with great love. I think he still knows it more or less by heart. And so I'd like to dedicate this episode of all episodes to him.